You're listening to Four at the Back, and we've gone to extra time. Welcome to Fort the Back Extra Time. We're discussing our team of the season for season two. Uh, those of you who were with us at the end of last season, uh, we did a basically our individually our best 11s using at least one player from each team that we discussed, uh, which we came up with some fairly sort of interesting looking teams. This season, those paying attention will notice we've only discussed nine teams, although some over slightly longer periods of time. So the criteria this time around is that we have to use at least one player from each team and we can use no more than two players from each team. So hopefully that makes sense. So each of us have come up with a team. There's likely some overlap. None of us have any idea who the other team, who the other guys have uh, have picked. So where should we start? At the back, in goal, Pete. Uh, yeah, so I decided very early on i think this is something that we did last time as well there's an element of you don't necessarily want to waste a team on a good goalkeeper when there's other players that you might want more out of and the, the flip side of that is you don't necessarily want to just put any old schlub in goal because that can immediately make a team look a bit more suspect the one side that i didn't necessarily want a huge amount of players from uh, was the predictably enough perhaps the the Mike Ashley Newcastle episode that we did and I took advantage of the fact that for what was it three four months of that season Shea Given was playing for Newcastle still so I took Shea Given in goal for Newcastle. I did the same thing we were absolutely shit that year yeah the, the only good player I could see was Shea Given so so yeah I went for him. Get, get it out of the way. All right, is, that, is that what you did? No I've predictably uh, as anyone knows, uh, anyone who knows me well enough, uh, I've gone. I've had to go with Uncle Nev. I love Uncle Nev. Southall in that uh, Everton team, fantastic in that cup final. It, it was a no-brainer for me. It was the one player that I was dead set on. I changed a lot thinking about this yesterday, but it was always Southall in goal for me, and that's that's going to be my rock at the back. Dead easy for me. I've gone David Seaman, for, you know, for England in 1996, saved a penalty. The penalty shootout hasn't grown that stupid ponytail yet, and was just <laughs> England's number one for a really, really long time. As a, a Spurs fan, like uh, you know, you used to kind of look enviously across North London at the fact they had one of the best keepers in the league for that that huge stretch of time. So, Ian Walker were I can't, I can't, oh I can't even God. say it jokingly. <laughs> I think Ian Walker might be my least favourite Spurs player ever to put on the jersey, apart from Benoit Asuakoto. So yeah, so David Seaman's a bit of a no, a bit of a no-brainer for me on that one. Okay, well, that was that was nice and easy. Should we move on to fullbacks? Uh, Maz, why don't you start us off? Well, um, I, I've actually gone uh, Bayern. Uh, Bayern. Uh, I've actually gone Dortmund formation here in honour of the Dortmund episode. So my fullbacks are attacking fullbacks, but I've I've gone uh, with the guy that. Uh, Maverick would say was the one player in that England 
era that really fulfilled his potential, that uh, that generation of England players. Ashley Cole on the left. On the right, I've gone... Uh, sadly, I missed the Spice Boys episode, but um, I would have waxed lyrical quite a lot about uh, Rob Jones on that, who was a fantastic player, career cut short, sadly, and we could have seen a nice long uh, battle between him and Neville for that uh, England number two shirt, but uh, I've gone Rob Jones from the Liverpool side and... And Cashley from the England side as as my wide men, my defensive wide men. Neil, well, I've gone three five two, so technically, Get him out. Get him out. technically these are wing backs. Um, I have gone quite hip. Now there is a reason why I went three five two is because we did that Liverpool episode and we talked a lot about their formation and then also Dortmund were playing the um, the classic German sweeper system and. And also the Germany side that played England in the um, 96 Euro semi-final um, also were playing um, three at the back. So so that's why I've gone that way. But, you know, I had to kind of go for Jason McAteer, who I know it seems like a bit of a hit pick to kind of pick McAteer out of that, that whole that Liverpool side. But he was a really interesting player, the way they switched him from a number 10 at Bolton to a right wing back at Liverpool. And then on the other side, Steve Staunton from Villa, who was a player that I always loved. Brilliant going up and down. You know, he was equally as adept defending as he was attacking um, and just a terrific footballer. So, yeah, so those are the two that I've gone for. But they would be definitely attacking wing backs as opposed to traditional fullbacks. What a memory. Didn't Alan Wright play left back for Villa most of that season? Oh no, sorry. This was sorry. I've got him. I've got him mixed up with um, the ninety five, ninety six season we were just in. Yeah, Wright doesn't sign for a couple of years yet. He's a uh, right. Yeah, Staunton was the mainstay in ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Wright's probably still at still at Blackburn, I think. Pete, who did you have? Well, I nearly did the same thing that the other lads did with the 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, whichever way you want to look at it, based around that Dortmund episode. But then I remembered that you'd told me that I wasn't allowed to do that because I did 5-3 at the bat last time. So I I threw it all out and went with with a 4. It didn't actually change the fullbacks too much, but I did end up with Ashley Cole at left back, whereas I didn't have him as a left wing back originally and the continuity pick of the two is i've got stefan reiter at right back of borussia dortmund i i I almost did the 352 not gonna lie but in the end i have gone with four at the back Uh, i went with rob jones from liverpool and i used my my charlton uh, at at left back so i've got chris powell uh, that's a decent shout nice Powell was in my team all the way up to the final draft. Very late on, I switched him out. Yeah, the, uh, there were a couple of Charleston players I thought might play, but I, I couldn't justify putting them ahead of a Powell. Unfortunately, gets the Stephen Craney pick for me, but he's a much better option than Stephen Craney. I'll give him that. Um, so moving um, to, to to sort of centre backs, Neil, who who did you go with with your? So this is this is yeah this is this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a basket case defence when I think about it but it wouldn't have to be fun. <laughs> so I've got Richard Rufus doing the actual defending and um, who was uh, a very very underrated centre half. He was so good for Charlton both in the old Division One and in the Premier League. He was a he was just a fantastically reliable centre half. And then I've got. Uh, Matthias Sammer, obviously from Dortmund, who was the the best player in Europe 
for a period of time before he unfortunately had to retire through his knee injuries. And then Ivan Campo. <laughs> so, you know, there's going to be a lot of defenders charging forward with the ball. But why the hell not, eh? <laughs> Sam, Sam and Campo are going to be fighting each other, aren't they? My turn. <laughs> they're both, they'll just both, both be going forward. I've gone for a, I've gone for a pretty Aussie idealist philosophy here. I mean, what I'm going to say is you've inverted the traditional thing where you've got two defenders and one sweeper moving forward. Yeah, now you've got two the, sweepers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one, one guy that hangs back. <laughs> We've gone with a pretty uh, 1920s type of vibe here. I mean, there'll be goals. There'll be goals. Pete, who did you go with? I also took Richard Rufus in either of my two variations of a, uh, you know, the three. Obviously, if you are going to take the three, you have to put Sammer in there. It's the the, the only real kind of sweeper option uh, that we looked at, really. And as you say, was probably one of the best players in Europe at the time. So if you are going that route, he's the obvious pick. I, I'm going to focus from now on on the, on the four and, and just abandon the other one. So I've got Richard Rufus and I took Paul McGrath from the 92-93 Villa team to pair with him. So my bat line is Reuter, Ashley Cole, Richard Rufus, Paul McGrath. Mars? A uh, hybrid of Pete, Pete and Neil. Sammer as a sweeper, obviously. Rufus and uh, McGrath as my centre-halves. Uh, I think that would be pretty pretty rock-solid, that. I went with Paul McGrath as well. And I couldn't, I couldn't decide who to go with to uh, partnering with, but I've ended up going with Rio Ferdinand. So across the back line, I've got Rob Jones, Chris Powell, Rio, Rio Ferdinand and Paul McGrath. It's so hard with that. I was I was looking at do I put a uh, England centre half in there and just choosing which one you're going to put in there. It, it, it's so hard. I, I I almost wanted Tony Adams at one point, but then I thought I think I I feel like Rio was I identified more with Rio in the sense I've seen more of his career as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think Ferdinand's one of the one of the best defenders I've seen. Certainly at United when they won the Champions League, I thought he was probably one of the best, uh, one of the best players in the world at that point. But, uh, so, so that's why I went with Rio. Okay, so at midfield, um, I'm guessing Maz and Neil. I'm presuming you've gone with three in midfield. Yeah. Yep. So who have we gone with? Right, I've gone for an interesting uh, trio here. I, I think. A lot of similarities in, in our defensive lines. I'm not sure how that's going to work out in midfield and attack. I've gone with... I've, I've had to use my Newcastle player. I've used Nicky Butt probably more based on his uh, his oh, career shit. elsewhere than anywhere than anywhere else. But he played a lot that season. And uh, I, I needed an anchor. So uh, Nicky Butt was that. Alongside him, I have Steven Gerrard and JJ Okocha. That's my free man midfield. So it's the type of midfield I like if I'm if I've got free in midfield. You know, someone someone who's very defensive minded. You've got the two way guy in Gerard, and you've got a Kocha who's uh, pure luxury and skill, but can really make things happen. Yeah, similar balance actually to Maz, but different personnel. So Paul Bracewell from Everton is my holding midfield player. So he's just going to stand there and kick people, as he did for most of his career. Great player. And then I've got James Milner as my box-to-box option. We looked at Newcastle from 07, and so he does sneak in there. Um, And then Andy Moller from Dortmund as my number 10. So 
yeah, Andy Moller's one of my favourite footballers ever to put on a ever to put on a jersey. So he had to he had to get in there. But also was um he was defensively savvy enough that he could he didn't just play as a pure ten, he could play as a, a proper central midfield player as well. So you've got the option of him playing further forward or or him dropping back and playing box to box. So I like the versatility there. Okay. Pete, what system have you gone with the midfield? Uh, it's either a kind of 4-1, 4-1 kind of formation, or you can maybe think of it as a five-man midfield if you prefer. I've got I've, someone that we've seen picked in defence, I've picked as the kind of holding midfielder to kind of anchor things around. So, Because I figured that's where Campo actually played quite a lot for that Bolton side in the, in the centre of the park. We, we discussed uh, his transition there under Sam Allardyce in that episode. So I put him in as my Bolton player to kind of hold things together. Then the more creative midfielder, I've gone with Janino. And then in the 4-1-4-1 version, I've gone with more conventional wingers. I picked my first, my, my other England player. I decided that as we did it over two episodes, I was going to pick one from the first period and one from the second and be quite strict with myself. So with Ashley Cole taking the golden generation pick, the Euro 96, World Cup 98 era, I decided to go with Darren Anderton on the left. Nice. Uh, yeah, he obviously um, was criticised a lot, but came through big time for England on pretty much any time he was fit to be honest and then if you want to think of it as a five the kind of number 10 position kind of off the forward i decided to, to get a fifth kind of man in there and i went with andy Moller, the the pinnacle of the midfield so I've that, that'll of... work because you've kind of got janino and Moller playing off off the striker that way haven't you so you know it's not totally unbalanced or anything like that or, or defensive minded is it as a five it's almost the carlo ancelotti christmas tree like the the four four three two one I had a very similar formation for a long time. I went with one striker for a long time until I said, no, if we're doing Dortmund, I've got to do Dortmund properly formation. So, yeah, I feel that. But, yeah, I was very tempted to go down that route as well. When I had the Dortmund formation in, my three-man midfield was Campo, Janino and Paul Scholes. I don't know how you feel about that one. Well, it's not pretty midfield, is it? But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not winning any beauty contests. I've I've sort of gone with a bit of a midfield diamond as sort of the the holding midfielder. I, I was sort of torn between Campo and Emerson uh, from from Borough. In the end, I went for Campo, but equally I could have I, I could have gone for Emerson, and that would have allowed me to have a Cotter in mid, as, as a attacking midfield. Um, in the end, I went with Janino as uh, in, in that role. I've also got Paro Sousa. Um, I didn't watch a lot of that, that Dortmund. I don't, I don't know a huge amount about it, but I do remember him. Um, and he also won back-to-back Champions League with uh, Juve and, and uh, with Dortmund. So he, he must have something going for him. And I've gone with Paul Scholes because I, I, he, he's probably one of the, the best players I've ever seen play the game. So I, I couldn't not have Paul Scholes uh, in my team. So th- those are my four. Uh, um, although it does make my, my front two perhaps not quite as potent as it could be. I, I found this one that there weren't loads of wingers to, to talk about. I know we, we've talked about a couple and I, I sort of, I thought about using my Newcastle pick and using Damien Duff, but then I thought, well, he's not really, he didn't really produce like he did at Chelsea. Um, but then Maz used Nicky Buck, so, you know. Um, but yeah, so I, I sort of found that we were sort of rather overloaded with players who could play centrally. Uh, so I've decided to make the most of that and gone with the, gone with the midfield diamond. So last little bit to do, uh, our strikers. Pete, who did you who did you have leading the line for you? Well, as you know, I've only got one pick left with my 
five man in the uh, midfield combination and the team I haven't picked yet is Liverpool. So I guess it's a bit of a giveaway that I've gone with Robbie Fowler. Not Stan Collymore. No, no, not Stan. Uh, Robbie Fowler, as we said during the episode, was possibly in his prime and his prime was about 20 years old, which is just ludicrous. But <laughs> in his in his prime, he was possibly the most lethal finisher in the history of the Premier League. And it was just insane. And yeah, it's, it's a pity that he couldn't play like that throughout his entire career for him. I mean, for the people who had to play against him, it was probably a small mercy, to be honest. But yeah, at that time that we were looking at, Fowler was as devastating as any striker in the Premier League. And yeah, it was, it was just a really clear pick for me that for Liverpool, that was the man I wanted. Yeah, I've gone for Fowler as well as my second Liverpool pick. And then alongside him, I've just gone for pure two pure goal scorers. So it's Ravinelli with uh, with Fowler. So that's probably about 60 goals a season between the pair of them. They would have fallen out very quickly. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Absolutely. <laughs> like one of those. But it's like the Dwight York, Andy Cole thing. It's like you never know. You, you, sometimes you put those two poachers together and they end up scoring hundreds of goals. So that's what I'm hoping for. Snap. Gone exactly the same way as Neil there. It, it's... What sealed it for me, I was toying with Shearer just because of, you know, how many goals he scored for England. But no, sorry, I can't. I can't do it. He's just too unlikable. Um, When you look at those goal scoring seasons that they had in the seasons we looked at in particular, that's what sealed it for me. Fowler and Ravenelli just scored bucket loads in the seasons we looked at. And it's, yeah, they're, they're the similar type of player, but they're also complete center forwards as well you know they're not pure 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 poachers there is more to their game than just you know towing it in from six yards and you know with the creativity around them with uh, wing backs bombing down the sides and knocking in balls yeah i just think they both score bucket loads just to uh finish off my 352 Dortmund there for in that one where I still had a, an England player left to pick. I uh, paired the young Robbie Fowler of 95-96 along with the Wayne Rooney of Euro 2004. I mean, that's quite an exciting proposition. Yeah, it would have been fun to watch that. I mean, I, I, they I, they I, might out ugly Campo and, uh, <laughs> and Scott's fair, but yeah. <laughs> I've gone with Fowler as well. To this day, I don't think I've seen a more natural finish than Fowler in those first couple of seasons of the Premier League. It's it, and it's it's sad that he, he couldn't go on. And I mean, if he had, you feel like he'd have he'd have broken every record going. Um, and for my last pick, I've, I only have Everton left, so um, I've gone with Duncan Ferguson. Nice little large. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't help that I've got no wingers, but I still think you know he. he he was a with the sort of the creative players that I've got behind them. They'll, they'll create enough sort of opportunities in the air for him. Well, he'll uh, just he hold it up. Wasn't, he? You know, he, he wasn't that bad. Feet. And he wasn't bad with his feet. He wasn't bad with his feet. Not at all. Not at all. He's good. Technically good footballs. I found Everton really hard to do for this one because it's not like that Newcastle one where you're either picking players on their merits from other things or you're looking for a like a you know Shea Gibbons a bit of a loophole Milner's a bit of a loophole and we we exploited those quite well general rule but I I think the Everton thing is there's quite a lot of players who are quite good and you could make a case for six or seven of them but it's how you then fit them in and around and my thought was I mean my thought was if it's the dogs of war I've got to pick one of the dogs of war so it's always either Everett or Bracewell for me I almost I mean Graham Stewart 
in my Dortmund version, I had Andy Hinchcliffe as a left wing back, which I was quite pleased with. But uh, I couldn't really make a case for including him over Ashley Cole in a uh, in a flat four four two. But because he moved between left back and left wing, I thought Hinchcliffe was a good pick there. But I went back and forth so many times. At one point, Rydout was in. At one point, Stewart was in. Another point, Dave Watson, Gary Ablett, David Unsworth. I, I went through the bloody lot of them. I think. Yeah, always Ebrel or Bracewell for me. Just like. I don't know if anyone ever redone that. I mean, I wasn't Parkinson, on that episode, no but sing him. Parkinson, not Bracewell. Oh, I have Bracewell. He was still playing for them, then, wasn't he? Don't think so. The, the three dogs of, was actually. No, the three dogs of war are Parkinson, uh, John Ebrill, and Barry Horn. Uh, did, did you mean John Ebrill? Well, I, I, I thought of Ebrill or Bracewell. I thought Bracewell was still there then. Okay, so it has to be Ebrill. I thought Bracewell was still there at that, that point. Uh, yeah, Bracewell had gone to Newcastle by then. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so it's Ebrill then. So, um, just just to recap, just uh, just go through your eleven in full, Pete. In full, yeah, sure. So we got Shea Given in goal, Stefan Reiter, Ashley Cole, Richard Rufus, Paul McGrath as a four-man defence. Uh, we'll make McGrath captain. Why not? That should be entertaining. Um, Ivan Campo, Janino in the centre of the park, Anders Limpar and Darren Anderton on the flanks, Andreas Moller playing at the po- the point of the midfield or off the striker, and then Robbie Fowler up front. Neil, who have you got? So three five two, David Seaman, Rich Drupas, Matthias Summer, and Ivan Campo uh, in the centre of defence. Jason McAteer, James Milner, John Ebrell, Andy Moller, Steve Staunton across the midfield, and then Robbie Fowler and Fabrizio Raffinelli up top. Uh, Uncle Nevin goal. We've got Summer as the sweeper just behind Paul McGrath and Richard Rufus. We've got uh, bombing up the flanks. Ashley Cole and Rob Jones. Uh, in midfield, we've got Nicky Butt holding with um, Stephen Gerrard and JJ Okocha as the spark with Ravinelli and Robbie Fowler banging in bucket loads up top. OK, and I've got Shea given in goal. Um, Rob Jones, Chris Powell as the wing back, or the full backs, I should say. Uh, Rio Ferdinand and Paul McGraw in the middle. Even Campo is my defence midfielder. Uh, Paolo Sousa, Janino and Paul Scholes as uh, sort of the, the three-pronged attacking threat in the field and uh, Robbie Fowler and Duncan Ferguson up front. So that pretty much brings uh, brings us to a close for season two. Um, can, just before we do close, can I share a little anecdote with you? Because I think it's quite amusing. Is I started out with wanting to pick two of my because you know there's no more than two i wanted to pick two of the villa players from 92 93 as a kind of solidarity thing realizing that i'd be the only one who did and i paul mcgrath picks himself pretty much because he was the player of the year but then once you get past that there were so many other players that i was looking at i practically give myself an aneurysm trying to narrow it down and in the end i had to just abandon the whole concept or i was never gonna pick anything just going backwards and forwards like typing out dean saunders deleting it typing in daly and atkinson and deleting it and doing that with about six different names after about an hour i had to give up and just like leave it all alone so sometimes being a homer can get in the way of everything else that you're trying to do i had the same problem with newcastle but i didn't want to pick any of them so um yeah that brings us to a close for uh for season two and i, th- I think we've we've had some really interesting stories this time around and we we tried to go to a few of the less fancy sides i think and the stories around that middlesbrough team the bolton team the the everton team of, of 94 95 and some really interesting uh, stories to be told there and we will be back we've got um, we've got a, a whole schedule for season three lined up. We're not going to give too much away at this point. 
but we will be back uh, probably a little later in the summer. Um, we may sort of drop the occasional bit of uh, bit of commentary. We've got the Euros coming up, so um, I, I think there's we've got some plans to do something around uh, the European Championships this coming summer. Coming home, lads, it's coming home. It's not, but I admire uh, your optimism. We're just praying not um, to be embarrassed. There'll just be a lot of right backs, I think. Can we just play a team of right backs? There'll just be a lot of right backs. I think Kyle Walker in goal. Reese James. Alexander Arnold up top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ma- Ma- man of the people, Gary Neville. Neville, back from the dead. <laughs> Neville, Neville manager. Yeah. Bill Neville could be the assistant manager. Right back, FC. That, that's episode one of season three sorted then. I mean, Hector Bellerin's um, got to be- account for English now as well, surely, at this point. Absolutely. He's, he's more cocky than, like, Mickey from Only Falls and Upstairs. <laughs> Um, if you've enjoyed uh, listening to us this season, uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is. Uh, we're, we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and uh, you can uh, follow us on Acast as well. Um, until then, thank you very much. We'll see you next season. If you enjoyed this week's show, you can find more of us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or your regular podcast provider. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. You can keep up with us on Twitter at 4ATBpod. Thanks for listening.